Praise the Lord. back with us tonight. Hey, we miss them. It's good to see the Thornberries tonight as well. We, uh, we have a few, few requests tonight. Um, we need to pray for Brother Mike. He is, uh, he's at UK and uh, he has a MRI uh, scheduled for Friday, um, and uh, he's having some pain. Um, many of you know that he has he has dealt with some pain behind his eye, uh, and has caused a lot of issues. So we need to lift uh, lift him up tonight, um, and uh, we also need to remember uh, Brother K who uh, isn't feeling well, and Haley and her family, um, let's remember them, um, Amy and Mike Ritchie, let's remember them as well, Sister McFarland. Okay, so Sister Betty and her sister Alice, amen, a lot of needs tonight. So Wyatt, Wyatt's in need of a, a miracle tonight. Yeah, so Brother Richie, um, I think he posted on our, or commented on something, yeah, so uh, that he has broken a couple ribs or something like that, so we need to we need to lift uh, him up as well. Um, there are many needs tonight. Um, and we, we just need to take them before the Lord and, uh, and place them in his well-capable hands. He knows where we are, Sister Plowman. remember the neighbors, uh, Brother Sister Plowman's neighbors, they, um, I know they get to hear the good news as, as much as they're willing to, to listen to it, so we need to lift them up with all the needs in their life that God would make a way.
think her name's Rosie, right? Okay. Yeah, I just remember, just remember little Emmett. Hey, man, why don't we, you got another one? telling you there are a lot of needs and they're not always physical needs. Amen. Yeah, Sister Bank, your children. Amen. God knows. Let's all stand. So many needs. Would you join with me tonight and let's lift these needs up tonight. God, we pray for him tonight. We pray that you touch his body. Of the asthma and what's going on in his lungs, Lord, we speak and release healing over him tonight in the name of Jesus. We pray for Wyatt, oh God, that little, that little body, Lord, that has been plagued with disease and illness, Lord. We speak healing and release it in faith into his body in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we drive out cancer. In the name of Jesus Christ, we speak it in faith, believing, Lord, that should make a way tonight, God. Many needs, Lord, we lift up brother and sister Plowman's neighbors tonight, God, and the needs in their life, Lord, that should make a way for them, bring healing and deliverance, God. You know the need, you see them, oh God. We pray for the backslidden children tonight, God. You know where they are, what they need, oh Lord, and you can make a way for them. Would you, would you allow them to remember the time is running out, oh God, ah, that they would remember the goodness of God, that they would remember that they had everything that they need in the Father's house. Lord, we lift up Brother Mike tonight. We pray, God, that you'd make a way for him and release healing in the name of Jesus. His body, Lord, and what's going on there. We speak it in faith, believing in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for uh, Frank and Penny, Lord, that should make a way for them. Uh, bring healing and deliverance, God, like only you can as a testimony of your goodness. Your loving kindness, oh God, that's better than life, oh Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I pray tonight, God, uh, that you'd move in the Ritchie family, that you'd bring healing deliverance, strength, oh God, revelation, Lord, and speak healing, oh God, into that family. We drive out cancer in the name of Jesus in that family. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we speak it by faith, believing. Lord, we lift up, oh, Sister Banks' children. Lord, that you'd make a way for them, that you'd touch them, that you'd heal them. In the name of Jesus, we pray for Sister Betty and her, and her sister Alice. Oh God, we pray for healing in them, Lord, that should bring strength to them, Lord Jesus. Ah, uh, we speak it in faith, believing tonight, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we honor you tonight, God. And we believe, Lord, that you're moving in this moment. We believe that you're working, God. And we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing, Lord. 
Continue to work, Lord. Hallelujah. Let healing sweep through this house. Let strength, Lord, sweep through this house here tonight. Let your presence, Lord, let your glory fill this house and rest upon your people this night, God. Because we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. Lord, and you are mindful of your people, God. Oh, we need you, Jesus. We need your strength, God. We need your healing, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and thank him for all that he is doing. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you praise and honor, Lord. The sacrifice of thanksgiving in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to encourage you to give your offering to the Lord tonight as we begin our uh, to worship the Lord. Let's worship in our giving and, and with our with our praise. Amen. God bless you.
lift our hands to the Lord. Oh, I need you, Jesus. Every hour, God, I need you. I need your presence, Lord. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. I need that peace in my life, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come to you in need, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Been living in the overflow of Sunday service. It was an amazing service, and uh, I'm so thankful for that. And tonight, I um, we're going to pick up where we left off on Sunday. Um, and I just I, I believe the Lord is going to um, do something amazing here tonight in our life, and I felt uh, um, a fresh touch this evening. I've had a crazy day working in Bardstown and uh, rough, roughing in the, the new T-Mobile there and uh, getting it prepared for an uh, in-wall inspection tomorrow, so we were, we were just scrambling, pushing, rushing to get that thing uh, ready and uh, I told my wife when I, I got home I do not like rushing home on Wednesday night to try to uh, to try to figure something out by the help of the Lord to give God's people um, it just worked out tonight that I already had something that the Lord has uh, has given us and I believe it's um, it's an on-time word, and I believe that God is going to continue to do something tonight. And we're going to just briefly uh, kind of recap some of the things, and I'm going to introduce a few, a few new passages here tonight that kind of go along with this. And this is, um, we started this Sunday, and the message is called A Pattern of Motion. And so we're, we're going to look into the Word of the Lord tonight. Gain some understanding, and um, and let let the Holy Ghost move in this place. And um, uh, when we when we examine the Old Testament, when we look into the the Scripture from the beginning, we see that there is a pattern of motion. And we read the first two passages in Genesis chapter one. Verses 1 and 2. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, the scripture declares to us tonight that the Spirit of God moved. And from that point on, He never stopped moving. And we see this, this pattern uh, in, the, in the scriptures tonight. We, we looked at, at Numbers chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. We, we looked at those Sunday. We won't, we won't go through those tonight, uh, but I'll just kind of give you a quick summary of what had happened. Is, uh, God told Moses to gather, this, to gather 70 uh, elders and, and bring them to the tabernacle. And, and, and so when he gathered them, uh, the Lord took the spirit that was upon Moses and placed it upon the 70 elders and they began to prophesy. 
So instantly what we see is that when the Spirit hit them, they began to do what? Prophesy. They were, they were moving. And that's what we're, you're going to see that, uh, that same pattern here throughout this, uh, this service tonight. I want us to turn to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were, what? Moved by the Holy Ghost. So this, this right here is part of the pattern. When the Spirit of God moves, everything that's connected to it moves with it. I want us to look at Judges chapter uh, 14 verses 5 and 6 and we're going to kind of bounce around here for a moment here to just kind of to kind of see different different scriptures here then went Samson down uh, went then Sa then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and and came to the vineyards of Timnath and behold a young lion roared against him and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. We see another example of what happens when the Spirit of God came mightily upon him. He moved with intensity and power and demonstration. I want us to look at 1 Samuel chapter uh, 10. And we're going to read verses 5 through 7 and then... Uh, real quick, verses 9, 9 and 10. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God where is the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass when thou art come thither to the city that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery and a tabret and a pipe and a harp before them and they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy, prophesy, uh, prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs, because we know, based on the pattern of the word, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon somebody, there will be signs. When these signs are come unto thee that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. In verses 9 and 10. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. I want to turn your attention to one more passage here in 1 Samuel chapter 16, and we'll read one scripture in verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. To Ramah. What we see here just in these few passages is that whenever God moves on somebody, when His Spirit comes upon somebody, there is movement. Movement. 
Can I tell you tonight that when God pours, things move. But there is a tendency to want to stop what we do not understand. God's ways are not our ways. We, he, does not, he does not have to answer to us or run his plans by us. We have to just accept that God is going to do what he's going to do. And I just get to flow with it. I get to move with the flow of the Spirit. I don't want to have any kind of control over it. I want to I let it control me. I want to let it catch me like a wave in the ocean and just drive me in the direction that the Spirit is moving. Listen, we are part of a, we, we are not part of a once was powerful movement. There is greater understanding and greater power than ever before because that is the pattern of motion. Everything, everything that we have today is because there has been a foundation that has been built upon. There ha, for, for, for years, for centuries, for generations, there's been a mighty move of God's spirit. And today is not any different. God is still doing things in this hour because he is still moving. And I want to declare to you tonight the pattern of motion Peter penned it best when he said this is that. It didn't stop at Pentecost in Acts 2. The 120 who went into the upper room in Jerusalem were there because Jesus told them to go there. He told them to tarry because they were about to experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They were about to experience what they've heard men of old experience when the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. But it's not going to be an old thing. It's going to be a new thing because what God did in the new covenant is he didn't just come upon somebody he filled somebody he filled the church he gave the church that power that demonstration I want to tell you brother and sister when that 120 got in that upper room and they tarried until they tarried until there was the sound there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind and it filled the house and filled them and they began to speak in another tongue, in an unknown tongue as the Spirit of God gave the utterance and then they began to move. Listen, they poured into the streets of, of Jerusalem. They came out of that upper room with something that made everybody think what had happened to these people. What's wrong with these people? And Peter said, this is that. And he began to move with anointing. He began to preach with anointing. And we know this passage well, Acts 2.38. You don't even have to put it up there, brother. I just want to make a note here. We understand the power of the gospel. We understand what it means to be born of the water and the spirit. But sometimes I don't think we get, a, we get it yet. When the spirit came upon us, it was to cause us to move.
I think, I think sometimes people have been standing still for so long they can't even see salvation. Listen, everything that we read about in the first century church had movement. There was a pattern of motion. When Peter was finished preaching, 3,000 more people had to experience that same fire. And the overflow of that upper room at that day added 3,120 people. We're getting somewhere here tonight. Give me, give me a few moments here. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John taught and preached and 5,000 more experienced that fresh fire and that equals 8,120 people. Now moving over the land. Now this hit me. This hit me hard uh, uh, here, uh, the other day. The spirit that moved and lit up the darkness from the beginning was now moving through the, throughout the land, lighting up the darkness through the church that was growing and filling Jerusalem with this doctrine. Can I tell you the Lord did not save us for, for, for all the light to be contained in this building or a building. He didn't call us for all the salt to, to be in one location. He didn't call the salt to stay in the container. Listen, Matthew chapter 5 and verse, you are the salt of the earth. But if that salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing. Listen, we can hang around around the house for so long that the salt loses its flavor, that the salt loses its intensity. The salt was meant to be poured. The salt was meant to be applied. The salt was meant to make a difference. And that light was meant to pierce the darkness. That light and salt is what we are, brother and sister, as the church of the living God. We should be the strongest movement in the city. The apostolic church should be the strongest movement in the nation and the world. And in some cases it is. I'm here to tell you tonight, I believe that God can use this church and any church that gets a hold of a fresh fire from heaven to turn Turn the world upside down. Listen, we got the salt and we got the light. We just got to get moving. Acts chapter 5 and 28. Saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold... Ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this, this man's blood upon us. You know what happened? They didn't stay in the upper room. I imagine that that upper room was glorious and the power and the fire, but they burst out of that upper room and they began to fill Jerusalem with that doctrine. You know what? It's because they did it together. You know, what I think, you know what I think is the biggest lie that the enemy can tell people here today is that you can make it by yourself. Can I get a couple volunteers tonight? Okay. Asher, since you raised your hand first, I want you to go back there. 
Now, I feel like you're probably a little sneaky and quick, right? You're going to represent the enemy. And I'm going to represent somebody that says they can do it by themselves. And so you come, you come to me, and, and your whole thing is to try to get around me, right? See, but then, we, then we're like, oh, what's that? What's that over there? Oh. So the distraction will always open the door for the enemy to creep in. If I'm by myself, I, how easily we are distracted to where the enemy can just slip by. Now, I want you to go back out there, uh, brother. And, and I want all the kids to come line up with me. And what we're going to do is, is I want you to get behind me and you're just going to spread out. And Asher's going to try, Asher's going to try to get through this time. Okay? Come on, Asher. Here we go. All right, look, look, I might get a little distracted, and I might be looking one way, but you know what? I, I got more with me. I'm not by myself. The enemy's not going to infiltrate it. The enemy's not getting in. Why? Because I'm not alone. I got the body with me. I got the body of believers, the body of Christ. You know how we need each other so much, and that was the understanding that the first century church had, is I love my brother and my sister. Her, and I'm going to walk with them because I believe we can fight hell together and hell cannot infiltrate it. You know, Jesus said uh, that the gates of hell shall not prevail. I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my church and they won't be able to prevail. You know, one person is not the church. The church is the entirety. You know how the gates of hell will not prevail? When the church walks in unity and the church walks in God's favor and the power of his spirit and they're moving with the flow of the spirit. I might, be, I might be part of the body, but I am not the body. You might be part of the body, but you are not the body. Do you get what I'm saying? You can't make it on your own. And that was what was moving through the land. That is what the first century did and they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. Now I want us to look at something here. Close to five years later, Saul of Tarsus experienced this same fire in Acts 9 and 17 through 20. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and put in his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee, in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight. And, listen, not just for you, not just for your eyes to be open, but that you would be filled with the Holy Ghost. What we have right here is when God calls somebody, his intention is to fill them with the Holy Ghost, to fill them with the Spirit. So the next time you're talking to somebody that says, that says I, I don't think you have to have that. Well, look what Jesus, uh, look what was happening here, right? What did Paul say? After he was filled with the Spirit. He said the exact same things that Peter was saying, wouldn't he? His message changed. 
Let's verse 18. And immediately there fell from his eyes that it had been scales, and he received sight forwith and arose and was baptized. Now I want you to get a hold of something because these things are going to help you. They're going to help you uh, spread this and have confidence in it. Listen, when he received his sight and arose, he already been told that it was, it was God's desire for him to be filled with the Holy Ghost, right? And then he said, and this, this is what happened, and arose and was baptized. Now that is the same thing that took place at Pentecost in Acts 2. It's consistent. Verse 19. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain, uh, then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. The Spirit baptism led him straight into churches that were not called apostolic. Listen to me tonight. I don't believe that God called us to just preach to ourselves. I don't believe that God called us to only preach if there is a label apostolic on the door. What did Paul do? Paul didn't go looking for an apostolic church to, to, to preach to a lot of people that would just agree with him, did he? The Spirit moved him into a place where the Spirit began to confront people. Mm. But you know what? We, we don't like confrontation. We're afraid of those conversations, aren't we? We're afraid to talk about things that we know people are going to be offended by. We know that they're going to take it as, what are you saying, that I'm not saved? And that will keep us from having those conversations. Listen, but I'm telling you, we got to preach it no matter, no matter what people's responses are. We have to tell people the truth no matter what their response is. Paul went into the synagogues and began to preach everything they didn't want in there. Paul, filled with the Spirit, moved straightway. He went to the synagogue, synagogues and preached Christ. It's like going up the road into one of those churches and preaching the gospel. I remember hearing a, a testimony of Charles Mahaney driving around, going to a city. I'm not sure what city it was, but he was driving to a city uh, to, uh, to, because the Lord had called him to go. Right, he he was moving, and he found a place, and they're just driving around. Uh, they're driving around in this city, and and they come across this big church. And I'm on, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher all the details, but I just want to I just want to make a point of what happened. Is he he pulled into this church, and and the people were going inside, and and one of the one of the leaders came up to him, said, "Are you our minister tonight?" And he said, "Yes, I am." He said without hesitation, he said, "Yes, I am." And he went into that church, and they, 
<laughs> they called him up there, and uh, Brother Nick Mahaney was, was telling the story. And I think the way he described it is his dad slid up to the platform when he got there. And he got up on the platform, and he said, he began to go down. He said, your shoes have a name. Your pants have a name. Your shirt has a name. And if your baptism doesn't have a name, you got a bootleg baptism. And you know what? They started to go after him. And, uh, but he said, they said when, when he did that, there was a family that stood up and got a revelation of the oneness of God. And then he began to do Bible studies. I'm telling you what, we've got to be willing to say things. And not, and not always worried about gaining acceptance. We can't look to try to gain acceptance from the world. We got to minister to the world. We got to be salt and light to the world. And sometimes salt burns. And sometimes light hurts the eyes. But I'm telling you, truth will make somebody free. And if, we're, if we don't speak the truth, listen, there's a lot of people that are bound up and on their way to the devil's hell. Oh, but it's going to take somebody that still believes that you got the power, that you got the power of the gospel, that you can speak truth. You can speak truth to them. Can I tell you tonight, when Paul's life was changed, Paul never stopped moving. Even when he was in prison, he was moving, writing letters to the churches he had ministered to. And, and in Acts 18, uh, we see that Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And he, he found uh, Aquila and Priscilla and stayed with them. Uh, they, they were of the same craft, so Paul most likely worked as a tent maker through the week. Uh, but on this Sabbath, uh, he went to church. Uh, he discussed, he, he confronted, he taught, he persuaded Jews and Greeks. Can I tell you, we don't just come to church so we can feel good about being apostolic. We got to get a greater vision of what it means to be the church. We go to church because God's called us out so we can move. He put his spirit and power upon us so we can move. We got the authority. We have the anointing. And God is saying, what are you waiting on? Move. Acts chapter 18, verse 3 through 13. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought for by their occupation. They were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when Silas and Timothy uh, were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit. Can I tell you what, what, what God has, what God has been trying to do is get us to recognize the press. Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. You know what, sometimes you walk past that individual and you feel a certain way. You know what that is? That's the press. That's the press of the Spirit to get you to move. I know this because I've, I've, been, I've been around times when I feel a certain drawing to an individual and I know I don't. I did that at the beginning of my walk with the Lord because I was afraid. I didn't know 
what was happening and it seems silly to just go up to somebody and, and not really know why you're there. That's the problem. I think when, we, when God sends us to somebody, we, we, we have a hard time trying to figure out why we're there. Can I tell you, it's as easy as gospel, truth. It's as easy as telling people about this new birth experience. Verse 6, and when they opposed themselves and blasphemy, he shook his raiment and said unto them, your blood be upon your heads. I am clean from henceforth. I will go into the Gentiles. Paul didn't waste his time. He went there and he gave it his best effort and he, the spirit pressed him to go and he went and he did all he can do. And when they didn't receive it, you know what he did? He shook his raiment and he said, I'm going. You had your chance. See, that's the thing. Instead of trying to make friends, we need to preach the gospel. And if they don't receive it because they don't want it, then we shake our raiment and we move on because I'm not going to get caught up in why somebody doesn't want this. I'm not trying to pick and choose who I want to be saved. God's already done that. I just got to obey him. And when he says go, I got one message to give them. And when I give it, if they don't receive it, I got to shake it off and move on because the Spirit is always moving. Seven. I'll try to hurry here. And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshipped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house and many of the Corinthians hearing now listen uh, let me point something else out to you when somebody when somebody that you're friends with at, at work or whatever they're Christians uh, but they're of that other persuasion you know what I'm saying I won't call any names but they're of that other persuasion when, when all they want to do is skip acts and go straight to Romans and Corinthians. I want to tell you what we see right here. And many of the Corinthians hearing, believed, and were baptized. I'm here to tell you... The Corinthian church was not born as accept Jesus as your personal savior... The, the Corinthian church uh, heard the gospel. The Corinthian church had a Paul. It had a, it had a man of God that began to speak uh, the same message that was spoke at Pentecost when Peter with the eleven stood up and preached. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. I'm here to tell you, God doesn't want us to hold our peace. He wants us to speak. He wants us to deliver the good word. He wants us to not be ashamed, to not make friends. That's why we can't make friends with the world. Well, I just, I just don't want to, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to, I don't want to sever this relationship. That's what I call compromise. 
If we're, if we're worried about our earthly relationships more than we're worried about giving them the truth, that's compromise. Verse 10, for I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. No matter what it looks like in all their faces, when you begin to preach, I got people here. God's saying, I got people here. Don't worry about losing, losing your contacts, losing your connections. You got to be salt and light. You got to spread this message and not worry about it. I got you. I know where you are and my hand is on your life. By the time we read Acts 19, we know what Paul's intentions are, don't we? We knew what Paul did in Acts chapter 18. Every Sabbath he was in the synagogues teaching, persuading. And then we come to Acts 19. This is, the, this is the famous passage that we always go to, isn't it? But I think sometimes we forget that Paul had been busy. He had been busy teaching, investing, and persuading. And on his way to Ephesus. Acts 19 and 1. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Now, we don't know. We don't know who they were, do we? We do know that they had at least at one point followed John and had maybe even uh, encountered people that, uh, that, that knew Jesus. Or I, I, I don't know. But one thing we do know is that when Paul came to them, he recognized that these, these, we got some believers here. Can I tell you tonight that people up the, up the street here in other churches, they are believers. We can't discount repentance if they've truly repented of their sins. But you know what? We got a Paul. We got a Paul. We got, there's all kinds of Pauls in this room tonight. You've been positioned in this, this season of life for such a time as this. You, you, were, you were created for this moment in time. Not Paul. This isn't Paul's task. Paul did it. He went. And what did he say? He said, he said unto them, have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? You're a believer, that's right, that's right, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you're a believer. But have you received the Holy Ghost? And they said unto him, we, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said, okay, well, let's back up, let's find out. Uh, okay, then what were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism. He's like, okay, okay, let me, let me, let me expand your knowledge here. Let me tell you here. Then said Paul, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do we have to be rebaptized if we weren't baptized in the name of Jesus? This is a passage, brother and sister.
When they heard it, they said, okay, let's do it. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now here's, here's another part. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. These are the signs, right? Throughout all of the Bible, every time God's Spirit moved on man, there was a sign. But you know what I've heard? And I don't know where this has originated, but there are people in the, in our, uh, even in this city that believe that when somebody is baptized, it's to show the congregation that they are committed you'll find that that's nowhere in the Bible. But you know what? We know it. Why aren't we saying it? Why aren't we speaking it? Why aren't we telling people? Afraid of confrontation. Afraid, afraid that uh, at their response. But listen, if we did it in a way that showed that we loved and cared about them, and, and, and we wanted to just, uh, we wanted to let them know what the tr- that there is more for you. There is more for you. Verse 7. And all the men were about 12. Verse 8. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months. What was he doing? Disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. The only time we see Paul in a building is he is confronting. Y'all okay? And I feel like sometimes we got it backwards. We spend all of our time in a building and none of our time confronting and persuading. He spake boldly for the space of three months disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. In verse 9, But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of what way before the multitude he departed from them and separated the disciples disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. What this, this message spread all over the place uh, because there was a Paul that said, I'm not going to go anywhere. I, I feel a pressing in the spirit. Uh, I got to tell as many people as I can about this message. This gospel has changed my life uh, and I got I to gotta spread it. Uh, I feel the pressing of the spirit uh, to deliver this to whoever I see. I'm going to persuade people. I'm go- we're going to debate. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get into it uh, and we're going to uncover what true what's true let God be true and every man a liar but it's going to take a man of God a woman of God to stand on the word of truth and deliver it you don't have to do it the way I'm doing it here tonight it's just it's just conversations 
had a hard conversation the other day, but you know what? It didn't turn out like I thought it would. You just never know what you're going to get. But you know what? I feel pressed to speak it. I feel pressed to tell people about it. I'm going to do my best to close here. The pattern of motion from the old to the new never stopped. There's still motion today. The motion doesn't stop when we stop. When we take our last breath, there's still movement. When somebody else steps up to, to accomplish what God has called them to accomplish, there's still movement. Just because a few people stand still. If you're here tonight and you're standing still, that does not mean the kingdom is standing still. That doesn't mean the spirit is standing still. There will always be motion. It's just, I don't know if, if that does anything to you to feel like if the spirit's moving and I'm standing still, what am I really doing? If I'm not moving with the spirit, what am I really doing? His spirit will still press people. It's bigger than a few people, Joshua. It's bigger than one nation, Peter. And it's bigger than one generation. What the first century church started is not greater than what it is in motion today. Paul wrote to the Ephesians explaining, this does not stop with me. It's going to go on after me because this thing is always in moving. It's always in motion. And I want, to, I want to point one more thing out here to you tonight. And I'm closing with this, Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to real quickly read verses 1 through 16 and then we'll, we'll, we'll close tonight. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep, we, 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 we covered this tonight, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to come into this church and this church, the church that has the keys. Do you believe this church has the keys? In this city, this church has the keys. And the enemy wants to come in here and divide just like the rows of these, of these pews here, these seats. The enemy wants to step in here and he wants to get one side against the other side. He wants to get brother against sister. He wants to get sister against brother. He wants to get family against family. He wants to sever the body. And if he can get us uh, clashing together instead of walking in unity then he can stop us from making an impact around us. Because we can't do it by ourselves. We got to do it together. We got to do it together. We got to walk in unity. That's why we must endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Verse 4. 
There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called, and one hope of your calling. Listen, we get excited about this. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, right? Who is above all and through all and in you all. I'm happy. I'm glad to be oneness. Listen, I'm glad to have the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. But can I tell you, the only reason I got that revelation is to move. Verse 7, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave, listen, I'm going to bring this home right here. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Listen, the reason you got a pastor is because God gave it to you. God gave you, he gave you a voice. A voice that if you would assemble under the sound of leadership, you too could have the same experience. Listen, that Moses, when he assembled the elders... And God took of his spirit and placed it upon. Listen, that's, that's spiritual alignment. That's, that's, the, that's the, the, the path of authority is you've got to be under authority to have authority. Authority will only come when there is submission to authority. And that's why we got the fivefold ministry. And some pastors and teachers, listen, for what? Why do we have the fivefold ministry? For the perfecting of the saints. Not just to perfect the saints, but to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. Do you hear me tonight? The reason God called saints is for them to be perfected so they can minister. Well, I'm not a minister. Are you a saint? Do I have any saints in the house here tonight? Now you're scared to acknowledge it, aren't you? Come on, don't be fearful. God called you. God himself called you. Not to... I'm a saint of the most high God. I got the power and the favor of the king. I got the message I got the message of the kingdom and I got the keys and God has poured into me so I can minister so that the body of Christ can be built up and edified till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We are all on the same path, headed in the same direction, arriving at the same place uh, until we come in the unity of the faith. I want you to go home with this because this this has resonated so hard with me. God called saints to the ministry. You are part of it. 
You might not be called a pastor. You might not be called an apostle, a prophet. You might not be called an evangelist or a teacher. But he called you to the ministry. Let's stand. And this is it. We have to be so sold out that we move. Because the Spirit has been poured out on my life. I'm moving. I'm moving in the direction of ministry. We need a ministry perspective. A, a ministry a, a ministry mentality, if I can put it that way. We, we need the mind of Christ. I want to tell you, ministry and serving are intertwined. When you are willing to serve, you'll have an opportunity to minister. I know there are people here tonight that feel inadequate with where you are right now, but I'm here to tell you, God placed spiritual authority in your life to help you get to that place where you realize God's called you to ministry. You might not do it from here, but you'll do it, you'll do it at the lunch table. You'll do it at the gas station. You'll do it at the coffee shop. Listen, I'll tell you this. It doesn't take very long to see, uh, to see and to hear the sad stories of people around us. And sometimes our default is, man, I'd hate to be that person. I want to speak over you tonight. Wherever you go and whatever you see, whatever you hear, that it would prick your heart and cause you to move into action. And it would cause you to listen for the voice of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, if you tune your frequency into the voice of the Spirit, you'll feel the press. And you'll hear, you'll hear the voice of the Master say, hold not thy peace. Give it to them. Speak to them. What you got, I give you to give to them what you have a hold of is not just for you listen you know how this church is going to grow and make a difference it's when we recognize wherever I go it's uh, I don't take uh, I don't take it off I don't take that garment off Wherever I go, I'm taking that calling with me. I'm taking that burden with me. I'm taking that passion with me. I'm taking the keys with me. And it doesn't matter where I am. I got to get beside myself. I got to scrap my plans. And I got to say, Lord, if you'll give me ears to hear your voice tonight. And if you begin to press me to move. I want to do what you call me to do. This altar's open. If you have felt the Lord press your spirit tonight. I want you to move. It's time to move.
Don't hesitate. Move. Move into action. Come on, get a hold of God.
Brother and sister, who, who knows what God would do if we moved? You know what I'm holding on to and I still believe? And I still believe it and I'll speak. I believe, I believe that God can take a man or a woman, a brother, sister, and use them to convert families. I believe that God can use a voice for entire churches to receive the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. If it can happen in Africa, if it can happen in other countries, it can happen here. But it's going to take somebody who will recognize who they are. I believe that God has positioned me for such a time as this to speak truth in a world that is saturated with lies and deceit. I, I've heard too many stories of just even right up the road. You might have heard this before. There is a, a, a man by the name of Warren Finney who came out of the Assembly of God Church. He got a revelation the oneness of God and he began to preach in assembly of God churches there was one situation if I remember correctly it was right around the pandemic that he preached to a church and the entire church was baptized in the name of Jesus except for one person if I remember correctly there were 90 some people that were baptized in Jesus name and I, and I want to say that uh, there, were a, there were a lot of them that got the Holy Ghost. This isn't something that, this is what you got to understand. This isn't something that we were like, whoa, that's too, wow, that's too much. I'm telling you, if somebody gets a hold of, if somebody gets a hold of the flow of the Spirit, God will accomplish things that we cannot explain or comprehend. You know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of walking in week after week, month after month, year after year, and feeling like the salt is losing its savor. Feeling like the salt ain't really doing much anymore. We got to get to pouring. We got to get to moving. We got to get to spreading this message. Listen, when we get to moving, the Spirit of the Lord is moving with us. He's looking for somebody. He's looking for a church that's willing to move. Are you, are you ready to move? Is anyone ready to move yet? Amen. I love you all. I appreciate this church. I know God's doing a mighty work in all of your lives. And I'm looking forward to the day that, that I hear the reports of some of the things that God is going to use you to do. Amen.
God bless you all. Let's remember our service this weekend. Uh, let's remember our prayer meeting at 11.15. Um, God bless you all. You're all dismissed in Jesus' name.